it is an exciting day because today we are going to take MFIT Radio and convert it, transform it, turn it into what everyone knows I really am, and that is a meathead hippie. <laughs> I just can't get it out of my head and it's happening. So even though this is episode one of Meathead Hippie, um, enjoy the rest of the formerly Infant Radio episodes on all things nerdy, hippie, and meathead. Today, we are going all meathead. And this is someone I found on Instagram. And I just, you know, there's people that you find on Instagram that are just brought into your life. And I just am so stoked because every time I see her posts, every time I see what she's doing, I just know this is my tribe. She's my tribe. She is a full-on meathead who just fucking gets it. And her transformation pictures of where she has been and where she is now and her journey that is, you know, continuing, it's incredible. I mean, I don't know if I've seen someone this inspiring ever on Instagram. Like... Holy shit, guys, just go look up right now the Iron Giantess. It'll all be linked in the podcast. Um, I had to talk to her, reached out to her. It was really awesome because she had followed me already. And I just, to me, that's such a huge compliment when someone, you know, that I just have so much respect for also has respect for me. I couldn't even believe it. That was so cool. So anyway, I'm just so stoked. Uh, She is wonderful. You guys are going to really enjoy this episode. Just some upcoming events that are happening this weekend. I will be in Indiana for the Bead Golden Contest, Bloomington, Indiana, right outside of Indianapolis. If you're around, please look me up and where I'll be, Bead Golden Conference. And then on Sunday, October 8th, I will be doing an event at Whole Foods here back here in Denver, the Grain Free Festival. So look up some more information in the notes below if you are in Denver. I'd love to see you there, a free workout with me on Sunday. And I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. I probably am, but uh, I think that's it for now because I just want you guys to listen to this podcast because it's so awesome. Okay, you guys are awesome, and welcome to Meathead Hippie. I would love if you could uh, leave a review or even just a comment, basically, about what you think of my new name. And I'll see you next week. Laura Makatish, it is so wonderful to have you on my now Meathead Hippie podcast because Ooh, so if cool. I was to have anybody on for to represent <laughs> women meatheads around the world, it would be you. And I just am so thrilled. Oh my goodness. I found you on Instagram as most <laughs> friendships begin. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I was just like, who is this chick? I have to know her. And I just loved, I... Um, was so shocked that you actually watched MTV. I didn't, I had no idea that you had even a clue who I was. And so it was so fun to connect. And I'm just so glad that you're with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm actually so excited to be on here. You have been the pivotal, like lifting meathead woman. Like I've been obsessed with you since probably high school. It's gotta have been high school. So you don't even know how many people are watching you. That's so awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I just really wanted to share your story and just to, I think if nothing else, like every post that you put out there, it's no bullshit. It's raw. It's just, you are the epitome of hard work. And I think there just needs to be more people highlighting that because it's so inspiring and 
for anybody, whether they just started or whether they're currently in it. And I just think it's so cool. And I cannot wait to dig into your story. Um, I want to know a little bit about kind of, you know, how old are you? Where are you at in today's world? And let's just get into it. Let's do it. All right. Um, okay. So I am now 26. I still have to kind of remember where I'm at, but 26. Um, been te- I'm an ele- not an elementary school teacher, but I'm a sixth grade English teacher. I've been doing that for now two years at the school that I'm at, well, a couple years here and there, but I am in love with it. I, my kids are my favorite part of the day minus and don't tell them this, but minus the gym, they're the best part of the day. Um, <laughs> I am a Canadian, I'm Canadian American. So I grew up jumping between the two. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place with, you know, interests and culture and all of those things. But you know, the gym is where it's at. That's, that's where that's home for me. I love it. What is your fate? Like, do you remember the first time I remember very vividly for me, the first time I walked into a gym and just felt like a boss? Um, has, have you always felt really confident in the gym? Have you, has it been a- <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's just stop right there because I was the, the perfect version of the fat kid growing up. Um, I played a ton of sports, but I also was the kid who like, if my coach made us run laps, I hid in the shed until they were done. Like I was that kid. So on the field in a game, like I got you, but if you're going to make me do cardio, hard pass. Um, and I was the fat kid. And I remember when I felt like a boss for the first time. And it was when I was 13 and I was like, mom, dad, I'm so fat. Like I need to make a change. I can't, I can't play sports. I want to be an athlete. And they said, okay. We did some research and I found this fat camp in California and it was really, it turned out to be like a sports meets. It was like a sports meets activities, meets hiking, meets surfing, but all the kids were fat and it was the greatest thing I'd ever experienced in my life because I got to do all these activities without feeling judged for not being able to do them as well as everybody else. And I remember that they took us into this weight room when I was 13 years old and it was all these like big, burly, chubby football guys who had spent their lives feeling that they were fat, but they were always really strong. And they'd spent their lives playing sports that let them be strong, even though they were heavy. And for the first time, they put me in a weight room and I was allowed to lift heavy weight. And I was like, oh my God, I can move a truck if I want. Like, I'm, I, like I don't have a lot going for me right now, but I can move a truck if I need to. So that was when I first fell in love with weightlifting. And it, and it kind of, when I got home, trickled in, but didn't make a big impact until college. Okay. Got it. And so you, did you play sports at all throughout high school? Were you still kind of avoiding it? I played, I played soccer. Um, I played travel soccer and then I played just, you know, soccer in with the city. But my, yeah. Um, I was, so I played defense my whole life because you always put the chubby kid in defense and then they put me in goal and that was a horrible mistake. Uh, one of our goalies got injured and I played goal for a little while and I don't know. I'm tall and I was heavy. So they thought somehow that I would want to fall on the ground, which I didn't, never did. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then they put me at striker and that was actually my zone. So once I started playing striker, I could see the field and I just, that was confirmation to me that I was absolutely an athlete, even if I didn't have at the time the toolbox for it. Tell, tell me a little bit about so you already said, you know, fat kid camp and said, <laughs> for me, I just, I hate using those words. So I kind of like, I know when you say it, I'm like, oh, no. I know, but I want you, I really want to, let's just start from the beginning. I want to know, sure. have you struggled with your weight your whole life? 
I have. I've struggled with my weight my entire life. Um, when I was when I was really young, I was just like cute, chubby. But as like middle school, high school, all the way up into college, the my weight just kept climbing. So I, but I was really good at putting on a front of that not bothering me. So I never talked about my weight. I never acknowledged it. Even as an athlete, like if I couldn't do something, I, it was because of an injury, which was fair because a lot of times my body hurt a lot more than somebody who was a hundred pounds doing it. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, because of an injury or I never said the word fat. I never said the word chubby. I never acknowledged my weight at all. And, um, I think when I started lifting weights was the first time that I acknowledged there was something I needed I publicly that I acknowledged there was something that I needed to change for my health. And that's when I kind of took those words back for me. And it's not so much that, you know, me being chubby or fat was somehow a negative on who I was. I now just see it as like, it's a thing. I had fat on my body and that's 100% just become okay with me. Even when I'm like a little bit heavier now, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, I've got like a little bit of chub here and a little bit of work here to do. And that could, you know, and it doesn't bother me the same way when I didn't use those words, when I skated around it, or I tried to constantly be politically correct about it, it felt like I was hiding Mm. in it. So I feel like I understand people not wanting to use that term on other, for other people. But when I use it in my own story, uh, if I weren't to, I wouldn't feel like I were being genuine because those are the feelings I had at the time. I just wasn't vocalizing them. I'm really glad you said that. Thank you for saying that. When you said that you went to a gym, so you were in, at the camp, and you yeah. said you, you wanted to be an athlete. Was there something that inspired you to be an to want to be an athlete? Did you see anything? Was there something that, or was it just this intuitive? This is something I'm meant to do. It was genuinely. There wasn't a specific athlete. There wasn't even a specific sport where it lit a fire in me. It was always just sitting on the sidelines and thinking, I want to do that, whatever anybody was doing. Even if it was the kid like climbing in the tree, I wanted to do that. If it was the kid scoring the goal or running, even I wanted to run laps. I wanted to sprint. And there were things that I just genuinely couldn't do. Mm. And so anything, I was the girl who like, I was like, please let me play football when I was in middle school. And I grew up in Tennessee uh, during the school year. And they always said, you know, that's not going to happen. You can't play football. And I was like, this, at least I could do this. Like, this is something I could do. Mm. Give me rugby, give me anything. But you know, I was all anything. I was grasping at straws to be an athlete. Yeah. You were ready for it. Well, so you went through college. Um, when Mm -hmm. was the moment where this gym became like, you know, I'm okay with saying obsession because it's a healthy obsession. Yeah. We're obsessed. Let's just admit it. Yeah. So Let's be, when did, be honest. When did it switch to, this is something that I want to do all the time? So, uh, I did my undergrad at the same university that I did my, um, education degree at, but I moved away after college. I moved back to California. I had spent my uh, summers growing up, like all through summers working in the film industry. And I moved back to LA and I was thinking that I would work in the industry. Uh, and my health wasn't even a factor to me. I'd done Jenny Craig, I'd done weight, weight loss or, uh, uh, what is it called? Weight watchers, like the ones you do on your own. And then they had never stuck. And so the, my weight was kind of just something I decided I was stuck with. And I moved to LA and I was working there and my boyfriend, my serious college boyfriend called and said, I'm 
pretty unhappy with this situation. It's making me depressed. I, I don't know how to function without us being in the same place. So I, you know, heard this, I heard that call for help. I packed my stuff up. And two days later I had moved back to Vancouver and I had nothing to do there. And so I, and I'd always planned on maybe getting an education degree. So I thought, okay, so I kind of buckled down and started to try to move towards that. And uh, obviously when you're in a serious relationship and you move for distance and you change your entire life, that never works. <laughs> so we imploded, we imploded. He had his, he had finally gotten his stuff together just, you know, at the same time that I had moved back to try and fix things. And uh, so he had his own life and I realized I did not have my own life. And it kind of made, I'm sure that I must've been depressed or something must've gone really wrong in that moment because my weight spiked and I was, you know, not doing anything. I was going home and I was going to the grocery store and spending 70 bucks on just anything and everything for a night of food uh, and just sitting by myself and being broken. Um, and I went home for Christmas and my parents said, you know, something has to change. You're, something's wrong. You're, you're not, this isn't healthy. And my dad's a doctor and my mom is a hyper researcher. So neither of them were <laughs> unaware of what was happening. And so they kind of said things have to change. And I just, for the first time in my life, like I said, like I never talked about my weight. I never talked about really being fat or chubby or any of those terms. And I just looked at them and I said, I can't do this on my own. I have tried so many times and I've failed every time and I don't have it in me. And I just asked them like in the most pathetic pleading voice I had to please consider the idea of just accepting if I wanted to get weight loss surgery, not even, not funding it, but just accepting it as my choice. Cause that's not really our family's way. We kind of hunker down and we push through things and we get it done. Um, and I just kind of came to them and said, you know, I can't do this on my own, I, but something has to change. So I, they said, you know what, we will cons like, we'll support you in whatever you need to do to get healthy. And I started doing the research and you know, this is where people get confused because they think I walked into a doctor's office and I was sitting on the table and I suddenly had a moment where I was like, stop, hold the presses. Like, let's take a break. I didn't, I got on the computer and I am also a research fiend and I started collecting information about what my life would look like. And I realized I would only get to eat like these small meals and I would need to be at a certain safe body mass index to even have the surgery. There was no way I was going to go under if it was incredibly dangerous for me. So I started to realize that I was really going to have to change my life no matter what. I was going to have to make big changes and there was no point in me undergoing a surgery if I couldn't stick to those. So I decided, you know, give it a month. And if you can stick to those changes, then we'll keep moving forward. We'll start researching again, but you need to be able to prove that you can stick to those things. So I started just like I cleaned out my fridge and went down and thankfully I was living in Vancouver at the time. So I could just walk to my fish market and say, Marty, like I need two steaks of albacore sashimi grade tuna, please. And, you know, and that, and I just overhauled everything. And I walked, I, <laughs> I turned on a Jillian Michaels workout video in my apartment and I got through a minute and a half of it. Genuinely, Emily, like you can laugh, but a minute and a half no, of it. I know this. I and know. I was lying on the floor dying. Like I could not move. She made me do squats. I hated every minute with her. And I would normally have just been like, well, fuck it. Like I'm turning this off. I'm done. Like, obviously this isn't meant for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and th that day I was sweating atrociously and I sat back up and I was like, why don't you just try again in 10 minutes? Like just press play in 10 minutes. And I watched a TV show or something. And 10 minutes later, when I had finally caught my breath, I tried it again and I got like another two minutes. And that started to be the thing. Every day I would turn it on 
And then when I couldn't do it anymore, I'd turn it off. And then instead of quitting for the day, I would just turn it back on when I was ready. Mm. And I started doing it in increments until I finally got through the video. And I got through, it was probably one of her 10 minute videos. And I got through the whole thing for the first time. It, it probably took like five days. That's how sad it was. It took like five days for me to get through the whole video. And I would have stopped. It only took five days for me to get through the whole video. So I realized when I got through it that it was okay and it was, I was going to struggle and that was okay. So I hopped out of my, off my couch that same day, like drenched in sweat, 10 minutes. I've made it through this whole 10 minutes. I'm drenched in sweat. Don't change. Don't do my face for the first time in my life. Like don't even worry about my makeup, nothing. And I hop up, head to my college gym and I sign up and they are UBC props to them for giving us these, the cheapest gym memberships at an athlete's gym you've ever seen in your life. So I signed up for the entire year. I was like, screw it. This is $30. Like I can handle it. Like whatever. So I signed up and I stayed that day for five hours. The energy in that gym, I didn't know what I, I didn't necessarily know what I was doing or why I was doing it, but I needed to touch everything. And I needed to like, I didn't care who was watching. I had my headphones in, I had my music playing and I touched every piece of equipment and I was there for five hours. I walked on the treadmill. Like, why would I even do that to myself? But I wanted to. <laughs> and the next day, I was there for five hours. And the next day, and obviously, I haven't spent five hours in the gym every day since. But it basically just immediately became this addiction. I could not peel myself away from that room. And it was my favorite part of the day. And for the last going on four years, it's been my favorite part of the day. Mm. Every day. Ugh, I laugh because I know exactly which DVD you're talking about. <laughs> she's brutal so she's brutal, brutal. i mean i, I, I should have done zumba oh, what was i thinking man. and i remember <laughs> there was this you know this program she said jump rope for one minute and i i was like 45 seconds in i was like this is the hardest thing i've ever done i thought this was easy. <laughs> you know because last time i jump rope, yeah. I was like eight years old and i had no problem yeah. jump rope for heart woohoo i got this yeah <laughs> i totally know it nope well, you know, the thing that is the most inspiring, thing, like that, all of it, I love it. What you said about you snapped it. And then there's something in your head that said, it's okay. And I think so many people get, that's where they get tripped up is they don't feel like it's okay. And they feel like it's all or nothing. And I talk about this quite a bit, like micro goals versus macro goals. Mm -hmm. And like, did you have goals at that point? Or were you just like, I, the ultimate goal is to be healthy. I had spent my life, you know, I had like, I knew what the internet said I was supposed to weigh and I knew all of these things and I had spent my life trying to do those things. So for, I stopped doing it. I stopped worrying about what I would weigh because I realized that wasn't realistic. And I started worrying about like how long I could do it. So I would give myself a 30, 30 day block where if you only have to do it for 30 days and then we'll start something new, we'll try something different, but it's just 30 days. And that was the first 30 days for me changed my entire life because it was the first time probably in my life that I had been able to stick to something exercise wise for 30 days, even just walking your dog for X, you know, you set those like micro goals, as you said, where it's like walk your dog for 30 minutes. I wasn't the type of person who would even do that. Like third day, I'd be like, oh, something came up and I'd choose and I, and I'd have trouble always going back to it because I'd failed at it. Uh, so I didn't set too many goals other than that you had to wake up every day and you had to start over was really my only goal. Every single day, no matter what I had done the day before, if I had eaten in exactly what I was supposed to, or I'd eaten an entire chocolate cake, which I mean happens, let's be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but regardless, I would wake up and the next morning I'd start over. Mm. 
I love that. When you, okay, this is something I really want to talk about because I think this is okay. so good. Where does <laughs> the, I, I want you to talk to me about oh. the Iron Giantess. Oh yeah. People ask me this all the time um, because I think they, they think it's something really super exciting. But for me, I grew up and I was always so tall um, and people would always jokingly call me like the green giant or the iron giant or whatever it was. And when I was little, that my height used to drive me crazy, uh, because I never felt like cute. And I was, I was bigger. I was bigger. Just, I was a, what I call a human of unusual size, like <laughs> princess bride reference. Like yep. I called myself a house all the time because I was just like big in every respect that you could think of. And so my friends would call me the Iron Giant and it was like the biggest hit to the heart every time it was said because they meant it in this like such a complimentary way that I was strong and I was big and blah, blah, blah. But every time I heard it, it just like sent chills down me. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to lift weight, I was like, dude, this is such a cool name. Think about it. Like all you do is spend your life lifting iron and you're a giant. Like, but obviously there's like 90 Iron Giants on Instagram. Thanks a lot, guys. I know you post like one thing and then you quit your account. But (laughs) (laughs) so I was like, how am I going to make this work for me? And then I was thinking about the fact that I'm not an iron giant. Like as much as I always thought that would be cool, I'm I'm an iron giantess. Like a hundred percent I'm a chick who lifts. I move a lot of weight and that's my goal. And you know, I'm gonna take the name that drove me crazy and instead of just owning it, I'm gonna make it a hundred percent my own. So that's where Iron Giantess began what it is. It's so good. I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> you could have a book, you could have a podcast. It's like the best. <laughs> I'm all for branding. And I just think that when I saw that, even before I even saw your pictures, I was like, this chick's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. I love it. Um, You'd be surprised how many people get it wrong. They think it's like their, they, they like break it up in weird places. Okay. So I have gotten to like teacher mode where I break each word. Like I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> got to make things simple sometimes. For yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Do you, uh, do you feel, um, and this is just me wanting genuinely curious. Um, do tell. I do think it's really frustrating and I don't even get frustrated by it. I just get motivated by it. But when, when guys see girls lift weights, it's like, Oh wow, you're really strong for a girl. And I've made it, uh, I've made it such a point to be like, I'm not just strong for, I'm just strong. Like I think it's hard for people to accept. Do you see that a lot with the, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, not even just social media. I am friends with so many amazing guys who lift weight. Like I'm obsessed with my friends. They're such good guys, but I don't lift with very many women. So I'm always the woman who walks into the gym and like, especially because I travel so much, I'll drop in with my buddies here. I'll drop in there and they're like, when you're training, they're like, strong. You're like, excuse me. Like, I'm just, I'm, it's not about me being a girl. It's, I just lift a lot of weight and I, especially growing up in the South, sorry guys, but growing up in the South, I always heard them rationalize things as like, oh, but she's a girl. Oh, she's smart for a girl. She's blah, blah, blah for a girl. And it just, once I started lifting weights, I saw that too. And I realized, uh, no, like we're just, we're, that drives me, that, now that it's like, that drives me crazy. I'll probably go in and read my, I'm sitting outside my gym right now yes. and I'll probably go in like. And drive them crazy just for just for the women of the world because we're just as strong as you. Yeah. And, I mean, and we're innovative. That's the other thing is we're not just lifting male programs necessarily. Like women are doing their own things in this industry and they're killing it. Mm-hmm. 
like so hard. And I love it because um, I was talking to somebody recently about how they, she asked me a question about like misconceptions of people that um, it was Steph, stupid, easy, paleo misconception of misconceptions of things like when people meet you in person versus what they see. And yeah. I was like, well, I think that, I think people, you know, I guess they get that I'm fit and strong, but I think they're surprised about how nice I am maybe. <laughs> and then I was like, but at the same time, the reason I love being a woman is because if you get in my way, I will fuck your world up, but I also will have you over and have wine and <laughs> cookies and make you feel like the most loved human in the world if I need to, you know? So we, yeah. I think that that's because some guys don't really have they could, I'm not, I don't mean to stereotype, but it's really hard for guys to have both sides of that. And it's yeah. so every woman has that where they are so fucking fierce, but also so gentle at the same time. Oh, mama bear mode, yeah. like mama bear mode for sure. As a teacher, people are always shocked. If they meet me in the gym, they're shocked. I'm a teacher because my face, I look like I'm so pissed. Yep. I'm like always <laughs> lifting mad weight. I'm like, if I'm, if you're in my way and I need to get a weight, like you're going to have to move. But mm -hmm. if you see me teach my kids, I'm like wearing, I'm wearing a costume and I'm dressed as Zeus and I'm standing in the front quoting like Percy Jackson. Like it's just <laughs> not the same at all. <laughs> like, uh, I have gym meathead questions for you. Um, okay. Tell me. What do you listen to when you lift? Oh, okay. It depends on what my lift is. I listen to usually the same songs depending on the lift. So like if I'm, if I'm squatting, it's going to be. Oh, ignition happens way more often than I'd like to admit. Yeah. Um, or uh, what else is there? Oh, wobble for some reason. The song wobble is like always like if I'm doing light squats, I'm like, yeah, get it. Wobble, uh, wobble. So it's like, yeah, but bad 90s hip hop. And then also like weird, such weird stuff. Like sometimes I'm listening to like a weird happy country song. Like if I'm bouncing around the gym, smiling it's because some boy on this song is telling me I'm pretty <laughs> like I swear it's super embarrassing my friends are always like why are you so happy and I'm like I don't know but no he just told me I'm gorgeous <laughs> um and then yeah yeah I have a really good squat song for you um oh tell me and I can't even believe this so women's health magazine uh Europe EU I don't even know some yeah overseas they asked me a question and I did not think they're gonna put this in I just did it for fun. Oh, no. They, did they bold it? Oh, my God. I, they said, what's your favorite squat song? And it really is this. And it's so good, but it's so bad. It's called Drop That Kitty Down Low. And I – Oh. Have you, do you have any heard this? <laughs> I feel like I get the implication. <laughs> but the music is so good. Like, it's like – uh, Yeah. And I just didn't even think that – I was like, ha-ha, you know. This is funny. And then you were like – and oh I my gave God, backup. so much power. I totally gave a backup just because I was like, there's no way that they're going to put it. And then front of the page. No, they ran it. Favorite squad song. That key oh, that's good. That's like, good. Oh, don't look that song up, dad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but that's a great squad song. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so yeah, boom. And those ones are, yeah, please send it to me. I'm trying to think. There's one that's super embarrassing. It's Country Gentleman by Family Force 5. And that I will deadlift to all day. I mean, it only relates to people who grew up, like, with their boyfriends having mullets, but still, I mean, <laughs> that's your life. <laughs> um, okay, as a girl in the gym, as a man, yes. Uh, yes. what do you say when people try to interrupt you or try to work in with your Ooh. sex? Are you basically saying, like, 
You mean the ones that are like genuinely trying to work in or they're hitting on you? Uh, I mean, because it goes both ways. Initial reaction. Talk me through both scenarios. Oh, I get so pissed. Like if I'm in a gym and there are six squat racks and the guy next to me is lifting less weight than me, do not step in on my rack. Like, no, 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 no. If I have to change the plates and the guy next to me is lifting a quarter with you, like, come on, buddy. Like, give me a break. Yep. But they always want to work in and you're, and then they never want to move. They're, oh, the only thing that drives me more crazy, and my friends do this and I adore them, but I don't need a weight caddy. That, yes. I mean, I, I know people appreciate that, but it's the same thing to me. I'm like, if you're going to work in with me, I'm going to be mad at you the whole time. You're going to make me squat harder because I have to outdo you now. Like, there's no way I won't outlift you. Yes. But, totally. you know, and then they're, you know, they're try if they're trying to be gentlemen and they're moving your weight, like, that's one thing, but it's just, I just get so unnerved. I got it. I'm about to put this on my back. Like, I can move this. <laughs> you know, my biggest pet peeve is when I'm bench pressing. And, you know, I, I love when people helps, you know, I do yeah. at some point spotters are good, but I look, I'm like, if you touch my bar, I mean, I will hold this bar for 20 seconds at a standstill and I still don't yeah. want to touch it until the bar comes down. You do not touch it. And I'm just, yeah. Like, so many fights about this damn bench press spotting. I'm like, it just, Oh no, for sure. <laughs> when they're like, when they're like holding the bar and you can feel them lifting it, you're like, uh, and then at the end they're like, you had that, like you got that, all you, all you. And you're like, no, dude, you are curling. <laughs> Do people relate to this or is this like super meathead moment I where really I'm like, there's a few people that can connect the way we're connecting and if they're listening and you're connecting please tell us we want to find yes your we feel friends. alone <laughs> okay so tell me about um your program do you create your own program do you follow have you had programs that you really like as far as strength um what are you doing currently let's start with that okay so i'm actually i usually build my own programs but i'm i'm really happy with i'm working with um Mind Pump Media, or I was over the summer, and they gave me just this really cool program for aesthetics that was basically three weeks of strength, three weeks of uh, size, and you'd go back and forth and you'd alternate. And they were they were just giving me foundational exercises for three days, and every other day I got to work on accessory work in areas I felt like I was lacking in. So that was awesome for me because I, if you give me a program, sorry, like I'm going to do it, but I'm also going to do like 20 other things that I want to do. I'm the worst person to coach because I just want to play. <laughs> yep. And they'll be like, this is an hour program. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no, it's not, not anymore. <laughs> uh, so these guys were really good about letting me just play. And I loved working with them. I saw great results. My squat, I mean, I've got some injuries right now, but my squat almost doubled and my deadlift did double and my bench like not bench weight, but bench reps doubled. So I saw doubles in reps in squats and bench and then weight double in deadlifts. That's insane. And how, and what shortest in the, over the summer? Yeah. Like since, uh, May. Wow. Since May I've gone from pulling like, uh, to like, yeah, it's been an awesome program. Now uh, everything's you can broken. Say, you can but, say your numbers. I would like you to say. I, I mean, I'm not impressed enough by my numbers yet <sighs> to be like super pleased. But I mean, I'm pulling 405 and I'm pretty happy with that. And I'd like to obviously up that. But right now with injuries, I was, I hit 405 and I was like, okay, you can allow yourself to be broken for a little while. Like yeah, you can just rehab. Heavy. Yeah. So I was happy with that. And uh, that all, you know, all those gains came also when I stopped restricting my calories. So that was also my other, you know, 
my other mental moment where I, I had to accept that. Yeah, for sure. I would like to talk about that because I feel like that's yeah. an issue that needs to be talked about. I honestly, I knew that this is, I think it was after we had confirmed a podcast and you did a great post about, um, growing your ass, growing your butt and how, yeah. which is also one of my goals. And it, <laughs> the only way I will grow a butt is if I eat enough food and eat a yeah. caloric surplus. And I love that you said that. So I want to talk about for you, how the mental transition from you have to, you know, getting from point A to point B, this incredible transformation that you had and losing, just doing it in the right way and losing so much weight and knowing that there probably was a caloric restriction when you did that at some, to some degree. Um, and you, I would love for you to expand on that and now reversing that back the other way. Yeah. And just talk me through that. I'm going to be honest The it's been petrifying. Like mm. it has been really scary and I didn't realize how weak I was in that until I started to make that change and had to deal with like them I've been I it's been a huge struggle for me um I've finally gotten to a place where I'm okay with it but there was a when I started in May it was because I had been I've been restricting my calories not necessarily I've either been in maintenance or restriction for the last four years. Um, so I'll have periods where I'm more laxed. A lot of times that comes during the summers because I like to spend time with my friends and go out and I may even incorporate like going out and having alcohol back in my diet with my friends. Um, but normally I'm super strict with my diet and really just conscious. I don't drink, I don't do anything. Um, and so for those few years, I was very very strict. And that was part of who people came to know me as being very regimented. And even people in my life, like if, if I have a, if I have a cheat day in front of them, like if I have a donut at work, it becomes such a big deal. Like it's commented on and it, it's awful because, uh, cause I know, I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm, but you're still scared. And then to be, okay. So I'm, so in my gym, I'm going to open up about this story because it just oh, it got under my skin so badly. Um, so I have a really good relationship with a lot of people in my gym. And um, one of my buddies was talking with one of the older guys who trains at our gym. And he's a really nice guy. And he was, he was flipping through a magazine and he saw somebody. I don't remember who it was. It was like, I think the girl who plays Wonder Woman or something, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. Maybe she was somebody else. But she, he saw her in the magazine. He was like, oh my God, it looks so much like Laura. And my buddy was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, that's so cool. And he was like looking at it and he's like, don't you think? And he was talking about me in a really complimentary way. And then immediately something just turned and he was like, I wonder if she'll get fat when she gets fat again when she gets married. And I was like, and my buddy told me this and I was like, you can't tell me that stuff because you don't understand how mentally taxing that is to think that someone who's on your side is thinking that because that's been my biggest fear is the, the rebound weight of the rebound rate of weight loss is so high. Like you, so many people put that weight back on because they just, some, whatever reason, they just can't keep it off. And that for four years, and I feel pretty confident in myself now that I would be able to keep it off. I know how to kind of lose it, but releasing those reins and being like, okay, you can go up 15, 20 pounds and know how to get rid of it was really scary. I always just thought you're going back up in weight. Like how, when are you going to stop? Are you going to be able to stop? What if you can never get back to this? And what's crazy is that I was in the gym every day and this was still an issue. Like it wasn't like I gave up and had a bad week or I broke a leg or it was like, I was still in the gym, the regular amount lifting harder than ever, but 
a little more food on my plate and I lost control. Like I, there was a, the first couple of weeks, the reason that it happened was that my kidneys, like I started to need sugar. I was in a state, such a drastic cut. And I knew it was a problem. Like I, I was realizing it was a problem when my body started telling me like, you need to eat something that has mm-hmm. got sugar in it. You know, they talk about women like just eating sugar cubes when they're in prep, stuff like that. And I knew I had taken it too far and I needed to just reset things. Were you um, really low? Ca- so this is when you're really low calorie or? It was not that I was super low. I wasn't an insanely low calorie. I think it was at like 1800, but it was that I was living in LA again. So I wanted to be in the gym five or six hours. Like I'd go, I was surfing every morning. Like I was surfing in the mornings. I was then, so I would wake up and because I was so immobile from weightlifting and not stretching properly and all that, my surfing would suffer. So I would mm-hmm. wake up and I'd do all of this sand work for the first hour before I'd surf. So I'd have done like an entire, basically an entire program in the morning to get loose and ready. And I was doing like jumps and I was doing sand sprints and all this stuff. And then I would surf for a couple hours. And then I would go immediately, like maybe I'd have like my breakfast, maybe a bar or something. If I was being ter- like terribly behaved, I'd eat a bar if I, or instead of a real breakfast. And then I'd go to the gym and I would want to be in that gym for five hours. I mean, it's Gold's Venice. How do you walk away? Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of that, I'd be so shot. Just like when I was restricting, I w- couldn't like, I, I wasn't, I would eat my food at the end of the day but I couldn't stop because I was so hungry mm-hmm. that I needed something. So I'd like run to the grocery store and I realized those bad habits were picking back up and that I needed to fix things because I was complete like for a couple days, couple of weeks, I was out of control with my diet. Like I, it wasn't that I was overeating. That wasn't the fear. The fear was that I was out of control. Mm. It was really a hard, I was really scared of what was going on. And then I kind of realized like, I was just panicking because I hadn't had to deal with this before. I'd never yeah. rebounded or had to deal with being out of control ever. I'm, I was such a stickler for four years in every respect of my life that like, you know, wake up same time, work, same time, gym, same time every day that even that little bit of things being different totally threw my world into chaos. But you know. what was the first thing that got that you decided? Okay, let's get back. And what was the first step to f- feeling back in control? Um. So I think the problem was that I was fluctuating. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, "Okay, we're cutting." Like, or no, I'd be like, "You just messed up so hard. Like, we're gonna just like drop this weight." And then by the night, I would be like, "No, you can't do that. Like, we're not supposed to be doing that. You need to behave. You need to eat food." And then every morning I'd wake up and I'd want to cut. And it was just this constant sense of letting myself down. Mm. It was like in the morning I was trying to be really regimented to go back to my normal way and see if I could do it. And by the night I was like, that's not, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Stop it. So I would feel every single day it would be like this little slow letdown of like, oh, you almost had it and you dropped the ball. And uh, so I stopped what, I, what really reset things was that during the week, I cut out all of my bad foods. Like, even if I needed to eat more food, I'm not eating Halo Top. I'm not eating whatever I want to eat. It's not like a free-for-all. I just eat more food, more chicken, more whatever. And then on the weekends, I can eat whatever I want. If I, eat, if I hit 30,000 calories in a day, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> whatever. But it's that one day where it was like giving myself – I had, it was giving myself the ability to eat what I wanted to eat, but not need it because I don't need it anymore. 
I don't need it the way that I thought that I did. And probably, totally, because one, you were calorically eating enough for your activity, it sounds like. And then when that allows for when you do have that moment, because I think so many of my clients, they calorically deprive and not get the nutrients that they need so that their cheat meal becomes this like, it, it is a necessity. dream. Yes. Yeah. And it's a fantasy and it's a, an emotional connection. And regardless of how much you want to be guilt-free in those moments, if you have that sort of intense relationship with food, you will feel guilty unless it's yeah. something that it's an option or it's not an option. I love that you just shared that. That was, that's really enlightening because it, that's like, it's big. New. That's new information. If yeah. you, I don't, I don't ever know how to touch on that without, I don't want to trigger anybody. And I also don't want to, you know, trivialize what people are going through because it's really scary in any sense of your life to not have control over something. Mm-hmm. So I never want to trivialize that. And I'm not ever sure quite how to put that into words. So don't even, sometimes I don't vocalize it. I do still vocalize it, but it's in very discreet. Like if you weren't looking for it, you won't find it kind of ways. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You got, you got fresh news. <laughs> oh, man, it's good. And I do think, you know, for you going through this, back to this process of building and knowing that you have, do you compete in weightlifting? I don't. The thing... I, um, I've always said I want to be ready so I don't have to get ready. So mm-hmm. competing is definitely something I didn't entertain it for so long. And then when I started going to Gold's Venice, like I started meeting people and I was really inspired. I became friends with people who are doing this with their lives. And it's so incredible, you know, powerlifters and weight and bodybuilders. And I just was inspired by it. So I'm not opposed to doing it, but it's not something that I'm not working towards it right now. It's not... I'm not on a plan, like a prep plan or anything like that. I'm just seeing where things go. Awesome. Do you feel like when people first start out, that structure of whether it's just go to the gym and find what you really like to do? I just, I kind of feel, I have my own opinions about this. I would love to hear your opinions with the people that you help inspire and you help along their journey. Um, do you think a plan is necessary or do you think it's just get to the gym and start moving for people that are just starting out? So I got spoiled because this time when I tried, I did weightlifting and I was in love with it. So I like part of me says, go to the gym and find something you love and do it every day. But, and then I think if you love it, you want to reward your body. You go home and you want to eat better and you want to like, you just want to do things that make you feel better because you love this thing that you're doing so much and you want to get better at it. Uh, but at the same time, I know some people have spent their lives trying things and nothing sticks and it feels hopeless. And I think for people who need that structure, that a plan makes sense. I hate giving people plans though, because I'm like, if you don't love doing this and this is torture to you, you're not actually, this isn't what you should be doing. This mm-hmm. isn't, your, this isn't what you're made for if you don't find a little bit of love. And I don't mean that when you walk in the gym, if you don't want to do your cardio or you don't want to do like, you don't want to leg press that day, that it's not meant for you. I'm talking like something in my soul was sparked Mm -hmm. by the weight room. And even on the days where I don't want to show up, I know I'm still supposed to, it's meant for me. Mm -hmm. And I think if you find a sport or you find an activity that you love, like, and you can find that spark, that's what you should be doing. 
But if you can't, and it's just about your health, you've got to show up. Your health and your life have to be a big enough spark to show up and do what you don't want to do. Because it's got to, it's a, we don't want to do it every day. There's no way that I want to do every single thing that I have to do every single day. Like you aren't going to catch me on an ab, doing abs for fun. <laughs> I think but, that's a really great point because so many people see our, whether they see us on social media or what, they're like, you're always motivated. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, I need to be more honest then because this is, I mean, once I get to the gym, there is that, it's so really yeah. It's like, <gasps> your hand hits the bar uh, and you're so excited. Yeah. And then you just like, you know, you, you see a girl next to you lifting and you just want to like high five her and be like, fuck yes, yeah. Awesome. You look so good. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Like whatever it is. Um, no offense if you're a guy listening. I think you're awesome. Yeah. You can high five us too. You can have us. <laughs> like, I think the motivation at some point, no matter who you are, goes away. So what is the thing that keeps you saying that you can do it. And I, I just, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. What for you, um, do you have, um, do you have self doubt still about what you oh. outside of what we already talked about? Like, what's your, what's your way to get over the doubt if it creeps back in? So yeah, for sure. I have a history of self doubt because I grew up a perfectionist. So if I didn't think I could do something, I would like, I would be the girl who said either, Oh yeah, like that's, that's so lame. Like I'm not about that. Not even interested. Or I'd be the girl who tried it. And if I failed in front of people, I quit. Like, there's no way I'm doing this anymore. Mm. And uh, what I realized was that there's so many things in life that I'm so bad at. And they're so freaking cool. It's like Give surfing. Give me an example. Surfing. Surfing. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. when I went back to surfing, everybody's like, oh, Laura, like, you're going to pop right back up. Like, it's going to be a blast. No. I, everything in my body is so tight. And I, like, I was so bad. My... I hope someday that Corey hears this story because he was my surf coach and he was just, I could tell he was mortified. He was like, I'm never going to get this girl up. I had, I was going for like 10, 10 or 20 lessons that summer. Like it was a long time. And for the first couple of days, it was like, I couldn't get my pop up. Things didn't move right. It was just impossible. And everything in me wanted to quit so badly. And I remember thinking back to all of the sports that I had quit because someone had seen me fail. And I was like, no, screw this. So I started waking up like an hour and a half early and running my drills and getting my mobility up. And by the end of like the next last, the first day that I did that, he was like, this is a totally different game. Hmm. And I realized that there, if I'm good at something, that's so boring. It's so boring to be good at something naturally, like whatever, walk out and be the girl who can, you know, play softball with whoever. But if you're not good at something and you learn how to be, it says so much more about you. And it says so much more about how much you like that thing that you're doing. And don't lie. Weightlifting is 100% that. Because every day you're lifting more than you should be able to lift. And you're going to fail. If you don't fail, you're not lifting enough weight. So yeah. every day, I, when I hear self-doubt now, I think of it like weightlifting. Like you're either the muscle or you're the dirt. You either grow from, you take that resistance and you grow from it, or you are blown away by it and you give up. Mm. Oh, that's so good. You don't even know how inspiring you are, Laura. <laughs> well, my sixth graders tell me sometimes when I do a good job. That's awesome. Um, what is your favorite? Uh, what is your favorite lift? Like, if you had one. Lift, oh. oh. I mean, we'll do, we'll do. I love. This is so hard. How about we? Do I'm not a bench girl. Okay. I'm not a bench girl. I love bench, but I wish I was stronger. Like bench makes me sad. 
<laughs> I mean, I got, totally. I want to lift what the boys lift and yeah. it makes me sad every time I can't. Um, I think I go through pockets where I'm a squat girl and I love, I love to squat. Like don't, don't get in the way of my squats. But then there every few months that deadlift just creeps in <laughs> and I just like, it trumps everything in life. Like it's, I think about it in my sleep where I'm like, I can hit that number tomorrow. Yeah. You know? For sure. The deadlift has got to be the only lift where somebody's like, Haha, you can't lift that. And you walk in and you just pull it cold. And it's like, you should never do that. Never no, do that, guys. <laughs> but deadlift is 100% an ego lift for me. Like if, like, if you tell me I can't pull it, I'm going to – I don't care if it's a Mack truck. Like, I'm going to deadlift it if you tell me I can't. Yeah. Other lifts aren't really like that. Like, you might die. <laughs> for sure. No, it's so true. I think that my favorite would be the – have you ever gone into Olympic lifting? Have I haven't. I want to, but I feel mm -hmm. like I'm so uncoordinated. So I have to, you know, self-doubt. I have to work with that. For sure. And I think the, um, I, I kind of am leaning more towards powerlifting these days, but the snatch was like that for me where I had so many people. I remember being at 24 hour fitness and, you know, I was just like going to make this work, whatever bar and bumper yeah. plates they have. And the gym manager comes up, he's like, what do, you, what do you snatch? And I told him, and he's like, there's no way you snatch that. And I remember so vividly, I was just like, I could react and I could just, try. it's not a PR day, but I will do it right now. Yeah, just bring it. Do it. Or I'm going to let it go. And I totally let it go. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because all I wanted to do was <laughs> show him that I could snatch more than him. Yeah. And, even it, though who cares? Yes, totally. And so, it, but still. But still. And it was so amazing because somehow – when I signed up for my first Olympic lifting competition, the, the, he showed up. I don't even know who Ooh. he was there to show up for. I, I hadn't seen him in a year and a half. And he watched me snatch 30 pounds more than I said I did. You know, nice. so I had this moment where I was like, so that's my thing. It's like, I, yeah. that's my power move, I think for sure. Um, what's your favorite Aww. accessory move? I know that's a weird question, but I know my Ooh. meat appreciate this. Oh, it's gotta be. So my rear delts, I had such trouble activating them. But now I gotta, you, I gotta love a cable crossover that hits your rear delts. Ooh, that's I a like weird that. one. I mean, I do like rope curls, anything like that's a great time. But those cable crossovers, you see that rear delt pop in the mirror, you feel good. <laughs> cable you feel good. I'm gonna do those tonight. I like that. That's a yeah. Good one. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have a ton of stuff. My legs are definitely something that I focus on, uh, just strength wise. But. My back, when I started seeing definition in my back and my arms, that's when I was like, ooh, girl, like you made it. You figured yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. you are a strong back is just the best, I think. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just you like can't a, beat it. Yeah, it's a physical representation of what women are capable of, right? Yeah. Um, okay, good. Good questions. I like these. Um, <laughs> so other meathead questions that I wanted to ask you. I have a non-meathead question to finish it okay. off. Okay. I'm going to save it for a little oh, bit. Oh, you're going to save it. Yep, okay. it's the very end. I don't want to – all my listeners know what I'm going to ask, so I just have to oh. make sure I, like, surprise you with it. Give them – yeah, first, okay. I want your first Got reaction. Um, <laughs> your, your, do you take rest days? I take one rest day a week usually unless I'm – now I'm so tolerant of taking a rest day if I need to, if I'm traveling or something, then I'll work it in. For a while, I thought rest days were like a sin. Like I hated everything about them. And my rest day for a solid year, uh, when I was cutting at least, was a kickboxing class, a yoga class, and a sauna session. Like, that was rest day. And uh, I know. <laughs> and now I look back and I'm like, you're an idiot. You had no life. 
I still have no life, but I also take a rest day. Jim uh, where, life. Yeah, gym is life, exactly. But no, now I'll just veg out and do – now I try to do other things that make me happy on that one day a week because I have time. So that's like when I'll go grocery shopping. Right? <laughs> it makes me so happy. It's one of my favorite things to do is grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, okay, and lastly, before I get to my question, what would you say to somebody that really – you know, they do, I have two, I guess I'll do it two different ways. One, they have never been into a gym. They probably have already stopped listening to us because they were like, these two girls are ridiculous. I can't relate to them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so if, if you are out there and you have zero, you know, maybe you desire this kind of gym passion, but it's just not there and you just don't know yeah. your thing. What would you say to somebody that is turning off the video, the DVD? After Wait. Yes. <laughs> Stay with us. Um, well, uh, first of all, props to you for making it through this podcast because I wouldn't have if I weren't lifting. No offense, guys. I'm, <laughs> but I would have been like, this is not for me. Uh, if you've made it this far and you've hung in there with us and you're now worried about gym, gym intimidation or starting f- from the beginning, starting without knowing things, I'm going to tell you that it's – I'm going to tell you to have respect for it. Have respect when you walk in for the fact that this is people's lives and this is their church and this is absolutely what they love so much because when I used to walk into the gym or a sport, I didn't have that respect and I threw it away. I'd walk in and I'd say like, this is crap or I don't want to do this or I don't want to be here. And now that I'm in there and that's my church, I hear that and I think like, oh, you don't see how beautiful it is. That's like someone walking for me, like an emotional Sistine Chapel and someone being like, ugh, like whatever, I don't get it. So walk in there and talk to people and find out why they're in love with that place. Because I bet that their excitement and their enthusiasm and their love for it will start to wear on you. Like you will feel it. It is contagious. You just have to show up and nobody's looking at you. A hundred percent. Nobody cares that you can't do something they only care whether you want to Hmm. people in the gym are hard enough on ourselves that you know it's a place for people who just need a little time to you know figure their shit out during the day and we get it if you're there and we want you there if you're kind and you're open and you're you're ready to work that's what it is if you're Mm -hmm. ready to work no matter what that looks like you've got a home with us I love that. And for the person that, you know, does the, does the lifts, loves the lifts, they're our tribe. Um, I would love to know, do you have like a mantra or something you say in your head before you do those heavy lifts, those big lifts that you're just like, fuck, don't know if this is going to happen today, but let's just go for it. Um, is there anything that you say to yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, what's funny is that I actually say it to my kids. So we have a quote board in our classroom, Miss Mix Mantras. And on the front um, are a couple. And one of them is Sandlot. And it's um, that heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And we talk about what makes somebody a legend. And we always say that it's that decision to act or that decision to not walk away from a challenge that makes somebody a legend. And uh, the other one that's on our board is make defeat your fuel. So Every time that something's gone wrong or something hasn't stuck or you've missed the lift is just a building block to the time that you get it. And the next time that you walk into the gym, you know, that won't be, that weight won't be the same anymore. You'll have to do it over and over and over again. You'll have to keep failing. 
So now I just, you know, I just don't have it yet is what I tell them in the classroom or in the gym. I just don't have it yet. Mm. And that's my, that's my zone. So good. So, so good. Okay. My final question. Do you have a spirit animal? I do. So I'm, I'm Canadian and I'm from Vancouver. Of course I have had my spirit animal dissected. Um, when I was younger, they've told, so this is what I've learned is that when I was younger, I had a different spirit animal. And as I've grown, my spirit animal has shifted. So, uh, and this was like acknowledged, um, it was acknowledged that they, they, you know, I, when I was younger, I was dissected with a certain spirit animal. And then as I got older, a different group of people said, you know, this used to be your spirit animal, but this is it now. And they like knew what my old one was, which was crazy. So my old spirit animal, I know you've got to like first nations education at UBC, shout out to education program there. Cause they are on it with the first nations cultural. Um, but yeah, they told me, so when I was younger, I was a grizzly bear. Like when I was more, um, of putting up a front and being very protective and keeping myself closed off and, you know, but also being very aware of how people felt. I was a grizzly bear and now, and I've had this confirmed also by a lovely friend of mine, but, um, I am a weirdly a wild Mustang. Oh, I love what a transition. That. What a switch. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. can I read you my, so I'm obsessed with spirit animals. Oh yeah. I'm going to look at, I like love this stuff. Tell I know me too. Okay. So this is horse. Um, so not wild mustang, but we'll just, this might be a little more. Your personal freedom is of the highest priority. Sometimes at the expense of others approval, you buck away whenever someone tries to stifle you in any way, even though you know how to travel to other dimensions and realities, you still deal well with mundane issues and concerns. You're very loyal to others. Once they've earned your trust, you love to wander about just for the sake of exploring with no particular goal or agenda in mind. And you are a natural leader and evoke confidence in others. Ooh. I think Ooh. this is accurate. And you tend to bite people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Well, where can people find you, the Iron Giantess? Okay. So I am on Instagram at the Iron Giantess. And I have a website, theirongiantesslife.com, if you are trying to just find info or easy, accessible, you know, nutrition and fitness information. I'm also on Facebook at the same thing, Iron Giantess. And if you want to reach out and just look for tips or advice, I am 100% always accessible, answer every single email. So that's theirongiantess at gmail.com. But, you know, I'm, I'm around. Hit me up in Jackson. <laughs> Yay. And I might run into you in Vancouver. Yes. Oh, Next I'm so excited. That definitely has to happen. We're going to lift so much weight. You're going to so much weight. Than, you're definitely going to deadlift way more than I am. Just saying that now, but oh. can't help <laughs> deadlift with you. <laughs> we are going to meet head out for sure. So great. excited. Well, thank you for coming onto the podcast and guys, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye guys. <laughs>